So normally we have the sugi of discussing these various different counts of what we've called Avais Nazikin. So our Mishnah had four, Ravashiya had 13, and Ravashiya had 24. And the Mishnah was discussing uh, why each one does not hold of the other one. So our Mishnah, which said just the four that we said, our Mishnah, which had just the four, so that includes, according to Rav, it's easy, it includes Adam, Adam automatically includes everything. And according to Shmuel, our Mishnah is talking about Niske money. it's not talking about Niske Adam at all, and therefore it doesn't list anything in Ravashiya's list. But Ravashiya, who said his 13, why does he not list all the other ones, the other 11 that Ravchia brought? So the Gemara said at the bottom that Ravashiya was talking about things which are Mamun, not things which are Knas, anything which is a Knas, like Kefal, Abra, Chamisha, etc., which you pay more than you dare damaged or, and or stole, those things Reb Oishia did not include in his list. They're true, but they did not include in their list. Uh, and then we said Ganif and Gazlin that are actually Momen, Reb Oishia could have included in the list, but in his list they are already included in the list of of the Shemrim, because part of Shemrim is that, A, you're protecting it from st- from being stolen if you're a Shemrim Sachar, but even by a Shemrim if he steals it himself, then he would be responsible to pay it back. So that also somewhat includes the idea of Ganef and Gazan. Now we're up to the rest of the list of Rafi on the top of Dafei. <coughs> So, Edim Zaymim, one of the items that Rukhia had in his list was Edim Zaymim. So, why is that not listed in Ravashia's list? Now, we already said that Ravashia does not list anything which is a knas. Rashi stresses over here, Edim Zaymim, the Gemara says, who That is not a knas. So, Rashi gives an interesting definition of what is a knas. Rashi says a knas would be either you pay more then you damaged and or stole, or you pay a fixed amount that the Torah prescribed. <coughs> if it's not that definition, Rashi says, it is not going to be considered a knas. So even though we know by Edom Zemim, you actually are chayv as an Edom Zemim only if the person has not yet been f- not found guilty, but if not yet paid, and or whatever it is that you're testifying against them about. But it is after the Gemar did. So Reuben and Shimon come and testify about someone that they that, that person stole money, and then it turns out that they Vezdem passing that person stole money, and then Reuben and Shimon are found to be Edom Zemim. So the Gemara considers this, interestingly enough, a case of Mumun, even though the guilty party never actually paid the money, although some of say it could be we paid the money, but because m- money is, is returnable, so it's easy to go back on it. But either way, that's considered mum. Once Bezdem is Bechayvim, it's Ke'ilu. You caused them Hezek, and then of course, you have to be found guilty. It's a Kiddush of course, because you could just get the money back easily, just return and undo what you did. But the Maizah Torah says you have to pay money, and the Gemara says that's considered enough mammon that it should be in Ravashia's list of things which are hezek. Why is it, why is it left out? Says the Gemara, no, because this point is actually machlekes between the Tanakhama here and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva holds the Amr Ein Meshamim Al Piatzim. Rabbi Akiva says the Edim Zaymim, if they admit to a case of Azama, now it doesn't mean that you say testimony and then you say we're liars, because then you're not believed. Once you testify that you said something, you cannot undo it. Rather, Rashi says a funny case where they testify in Bezda number one, they're found to be Zaymimim in Bezda number one, but they're not sentenced to what their punishment is. They then leave or run away. They go into another present somewhere else and they admit that they were found to be Zemu. So in that case, we normally know the halacha is that you are not Mishal Knas Al Pi So if you come into a bezin, you admit to something which you normally Mechayv you Knas, you do not have to pay. So according to the first shot we just said in the Gemara, that Edom Zemim is Momen, if they come into a second bezin and says, hey, we were found to be Edom Zemim, some other bezin, do we need to pay? That second bezin would say yes, because it's Momen. Rabbi Akiva says no, Ain Mishaman Al Pi If they come into another bezin and admit to what happened, they are not going to be responsible to pay, which means Rabbi Akiva holds that it's a Knas. 
he believes that Rabbi Yehuda is really a Kenaskis Lamaisa. The other person, the guilty party, did not lose any money. And therefore, if it's a class, and Rabbi Oishi holds like that, then we understand why it was not included in his list of Nazikin, because he's not including anything which is a knas. So, but wait a second. If you're going to say he holds a Kibi Akiva, you're going to get yourself in trouble for another reason. We asked the question yesterday. Why, is it, why do you have two types of Adam in Rabbi list? We had Mave, which is Adam, and we had all the Shemrim, and we said because... There's different types of Hezek of Adam. There's Adam the Azek Adam, and there's Adam, Adam the Azek Shar. But Adam the Azek Adam, you pay all five things, Nezek Tzari Peshavas Baishas. Whereas in Adam the Azek Shar, you don't pay all those things, and therefore it listed in two separate categories. So we say, why don't you list two types of Shar? Shar the Azek Adam, and Shar the Azek uh, another shar, and the Gemara said because they're the same. So why do you have to split them up? The Allah is exactly the same. But now, if you tell me Rabbi Shol, it's be a Kiva Shita in Dine Hezek, and Rabbi Kiva Shita in Dine Hezek was the Gabi Edim Zaymim. There's another thing Rabbi Kiva said, which will affect what I just spoke about, which is Listi Tregavni Shar, Listi Shar Dazik Shar, Listi Shar Dazik Azim. According to Akiva, if Rabbi Shol like that, you should split up Shar into two categories, whether the Shar is Azik and other Shar, or whether the Shar is Azik and other Adam. Why? This not Rabbi Kiva, Aymer, Aftam that even though a tam that gores another shor the first few times only pays chatzin nezek, and a tam that gores an adam pays nezek shalim right away. So there is a halachic nafkamina in the type what the shor was doing damage to. So if that's the case, it should be split up in the list that we've been discussing. So Mashri doesn't hold like Rabbi Akiva. He says, no, Hatav Rabbi Akiva Akiva broke his barrel, meaning he agrees Rabbi Akiva that Rabbi Akiva stays with his shita, that a tamu damages an adam pays Nezek Shalim, but the son of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yachal Aftam Shachavah B'Adam, Yishalem Min you would think that if he damages an adam, he pays out of his pocket. Normally one of the nekudas of a Tam is not only does a Tam pay only Chatzin Nezek, but a Tam never has to pay more than the, the animal that did the damage is actually worth. Okay? So you never have to pay the owner of an animal. Tom never pays money out of his pocket for the damage. It's always, what is the animal worth? I can pay up to that amount. So according to B'Akiva, if a Tom damages an Adam, which you tell me according to B'Akiva, now he pays Nezek Shalem. Does that mean he pays out of his pocket like a Muad Mamish? Or does that mean he also only pays what we call Minagufe, from what the animal's worth? So Yochel, you would think he pays Minaliyah from his pocket. So therefore, even though Rabbi Akiva said that a Tamu damages another and pays Nezek Shalem, it's not necessarily true. Because he's never going to pay more than the animal that did the damage is actually worth. So not always is it going to be Nezek Shalem. Sometimes it might be less, sometimes it might be Chatzin Nezek, just depends on how much the damaging animal is actually worth. And therefore, it says the Gemara, that would be a reason why Rabbi Yishir did not uh, differentiate to two different types of shark, because not, even according to Bikiva, not every shark that gores an Adam actually pays Nezek Shalem. Depends how much the animal's worth, and therefore he didn't feel it was important enough or differentiating enough to separate it out into two cases. Well, Amaisa, we're going to go with our original pshat that the reason Edim Zaymim is not listed is because we're holding that it's going to be a kiva, that Edim Zaymim is a knas. Okay, let's continue through the list of items that Rechia brought and see why Rechia did not bring them. The next one was Oynesim Afata, take out Moitzi Shemra. Oynesim Afata. Now, Oynesim Afata, when a person rapes a girl or seduces a girl, we're talking about a girl who was a psula beforehand. So the Torah gives a knas, chamishim shekel, or he has to marry her, etc. But besides that, he also has to pay for the damage he caused her. She was a psula, she was worth one thing. Now she's not a psula, she's worth less. She also obviously has embarrassment. She also probably has tsar involved there. So it says the more earnest of listening. 
Yes, I understand the knas aspect of Mamoinus Mafater, Aisha would not list, because he's not talking about things which are knas. But there is a mama, there's other money you have to pay over there, which the chayr is also, should be mama, not knas, and therefore it should be listed. So, what type of money are we talking about? In nezek, if we're talking about nezek of damage he caused her, so tonilei. Rabbi already said Nezek, right? He said the Abed Varb. Itzar, Tonile. Ibaishas, Tonile. Any Tsar that he caused, he has to pay, that's already listed. Any embarrassment he caused, already listed. Ipagam, which is really Nezek, then Hainu Nezek. So all those types of money that he would pay as Mammon are already listed as part of Adam. So therefore, there's no question that it's not that Rabbi left them out, just that part is already included in any regular Hezek that a person does. Maisachemer Kanasa, the 50 shekel special that you pay over there. Again, but Kanasa, Kalali Kamari, Rabbi is not talking about things which are a knas, and that's why he did not list Oynes Mufat. What about the last three things Rebchia mentioned, which are metame, medame, menasech. If someone goes over to someone's uh, food that he has in his house, and he makes it usher to eat in a way that you cannot see the hezek at all. Metame means you take truma and you make it tame. Medame means you mix it up with tevel, so now you can't eat it anymore. Or menasech, you take it and you use it for avedizara, which makes it aser as yayin So in all these three cases, you didn't do anything that was physically damaging to the property, you did something which is halachically damaging to the property. So the Gemara says, you have to pay. It says, okay, so it's in my list. Rav left it off his list. Why? Why does he leave these things off his list? Says the Gemara, the Mamainu list. Over here, you cause the person financial loss. You should have to pay. Of course, you pay. So why is it not listed in Ravashia's list? It's a Mamar of I'll tell you why he left it off. Because Mamar of is already included. This is what we call Hezek Sheinu Nikr. Something that you cannot see with the visible eye. But halachically, you've caused him damage. So that's Machlaikis and Shas. Is that considered a real Hezek or not? You definitely have to pay. Question is, are you paying Daraisa, because it's considered a Hezek, or you're paying Darabonon as a Knas? So if you hold Hezek, so if you hold Hezek, so then it's just a regular Hezek. Like Rav Aishia said, you pay Nezek, so this is a, just a subtype of Nezek, no reason to list it separately. And therefore, Daraisa, you don't have to pay. It's only Midrabana as a Knas, so then have a like Knasa. But Knasa like Amari. So again, Rav Aishia is not talking about things which are a Knas, so it makes sense he left it off his list. So what does Rabbi Chia say? So why does Rabbi Taka include this in his list? So Lema, because of Rabbi Chia, Hezek Shen and Yekar, Lo Ishmei Hezek. according to Rabbi you have to say that really the rice, you don't have to pay for these things, and it's only Midrabana as a Knas. The Shmei Hezek, because if you hold it is a Hezek, so Tanalei Nezek. Rabbi already said Nezek is part of his list. Once you say Nezek, why would you have to learn Metam and They're just types of Nezek. Must be they're not types of Nezek, they're types of Knas, and that's why Rabbi kept them separate. It could be they're both, all these cases are Hezek Shen Nikr is Shmei Hezek and it's a Daraisa Chiyuv. But Rebchia wants to list things which are clear, that you do a physical damage, and things which are not Minkar, where you're only doing a halachic damage. And therefore he kept them in two categories, or in this case more than two categories even, but he listed them out because he felt that you should, you should differentiate between them. But Lemaisa, it could be they're all halachically the same. Says the Gemara now. So we've understand why Artana said only four. We understand why Rashi said his list of thirteen, and we understand why Avchia said his list of twenty-four. Very good. But each one of them said a number. Each one said the number four, the number thirteen, the number twenty-four. Normally, when Artana says a number, he means to tell you these as to the exclusion of something else. 
Okay. So Bishmatani Dantana Midyana it said the number four Lamuti Dirbaishia. He wanted to exclude the other cases that Ravaisha and Rafia brought. So he's telling you, on my list is only these four, because again my list are only Mormon issues, etc. Or, or or everything's already included in all of them, so I don't have to break them down into smaller categories. So he said the number four. Ravaishia, who said the number thirteen, Tana So he said thirteen because he wanted to make sure you don't get confused and include Rabchia's twenty four in his list. So he said Dafka is specifically the number Thirteen. covered everything. There's nothing we can think of, says the Gemara Nahav that Rebchia left off of his list. Every type of possible mazik is there. Ganif and Gazan, Adam Zaybim, Medame, Medame, Nezik, Tzar, Ripoy, everything's there. So why do Rebchia have to say the number 24? He should have just said, this is my list. What does he need to have the number 24 there? Says because there's two more things that he left off his list. Lemute Moiser Ulefagel. Moiser is if you mouse on someone to the goyim, you, you rat somebody out to the goyim, and the goyim come and illegally take someone's stuff away. So you're a Moiser, such a person as Chayef Misa, etc. But you're also a Mazik. If the person has his fields taken away or money stolen from the, by the goyim because you ratted him out, so then you have Lechayer, you'd have to pay. And you have Mafaga, which is always an interesting one, when you have a Koyin who's doing Avayd in the base of Migdash, and he has a bad Kavana which passes your carbon. Interestingly enough, Rashi does not bring a case of Pigov. Look at Rashi. Rashi has a case where the Kohen does it in Shaloy Lishma. Okay, which is interesting why Rashi picks that case as opposed to the classic case of Pigov. That's a separate discussion. But if a Kohen does that, the Kohen and Kohen messed up your carbon, and then you get, maybe the carbon's still kosher, depending on what the kind of Kavana is, but it definitely is not Ola Lubala Lubashem Chayv, and you're going to have to bring another carbon. So the Kohen caused you a financial loss. This is like a Hezek Shen and Nicker, maybe, but Lamaisa, he caused you a financial loss, and you're going to have to bring another carbon in that case. The Kayan has to pay you back. So these two items, for whatever reason, hold on, says the Gemara, were not listed in any of these lists. Let's go through one. So the listing, why, according to Bechir, that you listed everything, so why aren't you listing Maisha Mafaga? Says the Gemara Bishop, now the worst case scenario there, Hezek Shein and Nicker, but Revchia is listing Hezek Shein and Nicker cases, so why don't you list them? Bishop and Mufago, but Kachim like Kamari. He's not talking about things which are related to the Beis Migdash, Kachim things, and therefore he said, that, that I'm excluding. If my list is 24, it doesn't include Beis Migdash oriented things. Okay. Elo Meiser, my time Eloitani. Why is Meiser not his list? So Meshani Meiser, over there, you didn't even do the Hezek, with any action at all. You did the Hezek with just verbally saying something, telling the guy. And then the guy went and did whatever he did. Therefore, Abkhir said, it's a Hezek, you have to pay, but I'm not putting it in my list. Right, you did a ma'isa. Mitzi shemra means that a new husband was mitzi laz that the girl, that the woman he married was not a basula and that she was mazana tachtiv etc. Turns out he was guilty. He was lying. He has to pay a knas. Very nice. But the ma'isa all he did was a verbal hezek. So then in that case, why is it listed if you tell me verbal hezekim are not listed? That is a dibura that at least talks about a ma'isa. Right, he accuses her of doing a ma'isa. So that's at least enough to make it include in his list. Some of Adam Zayim did the brewer the last by Ma'isu Katani. Adam Zayim is Adam who talk and said something bad in Bezdin. That's also a debor. There's no Ma'isa there. Says the more hasam Africa of the last by Ma'isa, even though there's no activity per se. But Rachmana carry a Ma'isa. The Torah does call it a Ma'isa. So you see, we consider the activity of the Adam Zayim, even though it's only verbal, to be a Ma'isa, and therefore Bchia said that's enough to get it into my list of things which are a hezek that are not necessarily a dibur. Very good. So now we have a further categorization of Rav Chia and the Maisa. He leaves out things which are kachim, and he leaves out things which are pure dibur and not maisa. 
So now, but here comes the big question, which we which we, we talked about yesterday. So we spent the first two blot of the Gemara of the Masechta, understanding what is a tolda of Karen, what is a tolda of, of Mave, what is a tolda of Eish, what is a tolda of Bar. We went through those four categories. We said these are the Av, these are the Toldas. And all these interesting halachic categories, but what does that have to do with Av and Tolda? There's no Avis and Toldas in those cases. So why does Avchir and Avrashia call them Avis Bechlal? Bechlal Dika Toldas, Toldas say, my Nia, what would be a Tolda of Kepha? It doesn't make any sense. Somebody right. I'm Ravavo, when they called them Avis, they did not mean the same thing Artana meant. Artana meant, like we said, Avis and Toldas. They were borrowing the term to explain that all. All these types of hezek have one common halacha. And what is that? Kulon ki avais l'shalami meitav. The pasuk says by Shem v'regel meitav karmer yishalem, which we already said and we'll discuss more later in the week. Means you have to pay from the best fields. You have the idiot fields that you have. You have to pay. Can't give them junky stuff. You have to give them the best. We'll see in what cat how that all works later on. But the you have to pay that. Says the Gemara. We learn out from various drushes. We'll see in a second that by every type of hezek, no matter what type of hezek it is, in any of these lists of. 4, 13, or 24, whenever a mazik pays, in a case where he's responsible to pay, he has to pay me meitav. And therefore, Rebchir and Avarishia called them avos, because just like the core four avos that we started with have to pay me meitav, also these have to pay, all of them have to pay me meitav. How do you know that? My time, argue says my time, it's a little strange kind of word. So how, where do we know it from? So Isa tachas nesina yeshalem kesef. There's no such pasuk. Don't look for it. There's actually four separate words for four separate types of gzera shavas. And Rashi explains. You can go through this long Rashi here that by by the main core four avos malachas avos of the hezek, it says either the word tachas in some fla- flavor, or the word nesina in some flavor, or the word yeshalim in some flavor, or the word kesef in some flavor. And by every one of these. 24 things that Rebchia listed and Rebchia listed, it also has one of those types of words. There is one of them that it doesn't, Rashi points out. By Edom Zaymim, it never says any of them. But it says, Nefesh Nefesh, Rashi says. And that's Ke'ilu, it's a stretch. It's Ke'ilu, it said Nefesh Tachas Nefesh, and therefore that's good enough. And therefore, once we connect all these by this type of uh, global Gzereshava, then they're all going to be the same. And that's how we not learn out that you can pay Meitav Kaimar Yishalem by all these things. And that's why they're all called Others. Okay, so that's if you want to look through this Rashi, he goes through every one of these cases we just brought, which word it says there, so you should know how this Kizera Shava is made. Lamaisa, even by the Avais of the Nazik, and it only says it by Shein Varegel. It does not say it by Aish. It does not say it by them, so that we have to learn out there as well. Rashi puts together the whole Josh if you want to see the details. The mission then continued. The mission said, now that we have the four of us, or the, or the 13, or the, or the, or the 24, doesn't matter. We then said, and we already explained that, according to Robin Shmuel, what those are referring to, whether we're comparing and contrasting Shar to Adam, or whether they're comparing and contrasting Regel to Shane. And we said, you cannot compare them. What does that mean, comparing them? Why are you comparing them? What does it mean, Loi Hare? Normally, Loi Hare means that this one is more humble than that one of that. So what, in what context is our mission talking about this? We've already explained it, but let's see how the Mark says it here. So then my Kamar, so I'm Zvid, Mishmei de Rava, keep track of the names, it says Rava, Hachi Kamar, Licht de Vechman Nechadah, Vetesi Yidach Minei, what it says Rava, Rava, then what the Mishnah is trying to explain to you is, why does the Torah have to write all four of us Nazikin? The Torah can just write your Chayv by one of them, and I'd be able to learn out the other ones. Let the Torah just write Shor, and I would know that Mavis Chayv. 
Says the Mishnah, no. If you just had Shor, you would not know necessarily that Mava is Chayv, depending on what Mava is. If you just had Mava, you wouldn't know that Shor is Chayv. And as we explained, if you, let's say, if we just had Adam, right, so we said Adam is going to be Chayv always, because an Adam is Chayv in Arbadvarim. Whereas the shor is not. If you just said shor, you would say shor is only chayev because the shor is chayev kaifer. Whereas Adam is not. Or if you're comparing and contrasting shame and regal, we said shame is anola zeker, so that's why you chayev. If you just had regal, regal you only chayev because it's davar hamatsui. And therefore each one would be unique, and therefore you cannot say that the Torah would say one of them and you learn out all the rest. That's the first stage of the mission. Then the Mishnah said, okay, both mava and Shar, whatever they are, if they're talking about people or different types of damage of the shar, are alive, and therefore those you would say they're alive, you're chayv because they're alive, as opposed to Aish, which is not alive. And then we said, okay, so we have to have right Aish. And then we said, okay, well, now that you have those three, would you know bar? No, because those three move, whereas a bar does not move, so you would not necessarily know that you're chayv for bar, so Kamash won the Pasek that you're chayv in bar as well. Says my cover. What is this back and forth logic? So this we understand. again So why? Normally we have this. We make a tzara shava instead of saying one to one because we said regular is unique because it's matzui. Shane is unique because it's yeshan So let's do what we call a common denominator. We don't need to have all of these. Let's have mava and shar and learn out what is the common denominator between mava and shar. Well, if mava is adam, let's say, this is an example, according to Rav, if mava is adam and shar is all the types of shar, what is the common denominator between those two? So that's what we're trying to say. Well, first we would say the common denominator is they do damage in your chayef. So maybe all damages are chayev, and therefore I don't need the other psukim. Said the more, no, because mava and shor move, and therefore maybe you only chayev for moving things, whereas we are alive. I'm sorry, are alive, and therefore you only chayev for alive things. Kamash on the pasuk, you chayev also for ish. Okay, so what's the common denominator between ish, mava, and shor that you're chayev for hezek? No. Maybe the common denominator is that they move, whereas bar does not move. And therefore, we have to have them written out. Now, says the Gemara now, a very interesting point. So, you can. So, Amar Rava. Rava says, the Mishnah is not really true. The Mishnah set it up very nice and cute when it did Maviv or Shar, and then brought in Aish, and then brought in Bar. If you do it in that order, you end up with a nice Mishnah that explains to you why you need all four. But you can always ask the question the other way. Right? Okay, so you said, I need Mava and Shar, and I need Aish, and then I need Bar. What if I had Bar and Karen? Do I actually need the Torah to tell me all the other halachas once I had Bar and Karen? Says Rava. Amar Rava. Let's see inside. Amar Rava. V'kulu. All these hazekim. Kishadis Bar Beinayu. If you make a connection and take two let's say Karen and Bar, or Shane and Bar, and Regal and Bar, if the Torah just said those two, then the truth is, you wouldn't need to write that. Meaning, if the Torah had, let's just pick an example. If the Torah, this is a long, long, long Rashi, here goes through all the possibility of combinations, okay? But let's assume you had Shane and Bar, okay? So what is unique about Shane? We said, Shane is Yeshan al Okay, so you only chayv Yeshan al Wait a second, by Bar there's no Hezek, so, common denominator, so we say, you're not going to be, you be chayv, even if there's no hana. Oh, what's unique about bar? Bar is tchilasay asiyasay lenezek. Bar has no other function in the world other than to cause damage. Okay, but shane is not. What's the common denominator between bar and shane? That you, you cause damage, you're responsible to pay. 
You can't exclude regel from that, because what? Regel is matzoi, so what? It doesn't make a difference. Regel makes you more chayv. Okay, you're not going to exclude other for that. It's all included. So once I had bar and shane as an example, I would automatically know ish, I would automatically know karen, I would automatically know ish and adam. The only one I wouldn't know is karen. Why? Karen is different because, as the Gemara is going to say in a second, All those things, regel, shane, Aish caused damage right away, and you should know that they caused damage. Karen, since we know there's a locha by Karen of Tam, that clearly means that Karen does not cause damage right away. And if I only said you're chai by Bar or Shane or Aish, I would never know you're chai by Karen because not your responsibility. Why would you have to think that an animal is going to go gore? And therefore, Karen, you would not leave. Now, Rashi does point out, though, that if I had Bar and Karen, then automatically I would know all of them. Because Karen is very special that you're chai, even though it starts as a Tam. And meaning you're not responsible for it because you don't even know it's supposed to damage your chayev. Bar, you're going to be responsible for in that situation anyways. And even though bar does not move, and even though bar is not alive, and any of those things. So for sure, you're going to be chayev. Between those two, you automatically would know you're chayev for Asia. You automatically know you're chayev for Shane. You automatically know you're chayev for Regal. You automatically know you're chayev by Adam. Go through the Rashi, he goes through all the combinations. And therefore, really what Rav is doing here is asking Akasha. The Misha sets up this nice little logic. The logic's not true. Because if I just had in the Torah Barva Karen, I would automatically know you're chai of all of them. Nothing is unique about all the three of them that is not already included in Bar and Karen. Therefore, why do I need the Torah to write Ish? Why do I need the Torah to write Rego? Why do I need the Torah to write Shane once I have Barva Karen? And therefore, the Mepharshim say, what really the Mishnah is Yagdil Torah V'yadir. All that logic in the Mishnah has no function whatsoever. Because at the end of the day, I don't care. All that makes no sense. Because Lamaise, if I just had Karen for Bar, I would know all of them. And therefore, all that logic doesn't really need to be said in the Mishnah at all. So what tak is the Pshat? Why is the Torah write each one of these items if I could just write Bar and Karen, I would know all of them? So I'll tell you why. If you think that Karen, you're more chayev, because it's Kamenos Hazik, then I feel Karen not me, I see. Then if you had just Bar and Shane, you would know Karen as well. Fine, but you definitely never need more than three of these. Most you would ever need is three. Maybe you can get away with having even two. So what's Pshat? Why did I write all these things? If I can learn them out by myself. The answer is because each one of these Ovis Nazikin has a unique halacha that only applies by one of them and therefore the Torah has to specify. For instance, Karen, the Chalak bin Tamil Now Karen is really extra because Karen, we need the Pasuk anyways. But anyways, Karen has a unique halacha that Karen has a halacha of Tam and Mu'ed which doesn't apply by any of the other one. Shane Varegel, you need to write the Pachim Rishasarabim as we'll see later on in the Sechta. Karen, Shane Varegel, you're only Chayiv if you do the Rishasayachid. What? You're not going to be chayev if you do it in Rosh Hashanah Okay? Whereas Karen, if you gore anywhere you gore, you're chayev. So the Torah has to tell you, Shev Regal, tell me that halacha. Lift and bar, why does it say bar? Lift or bar is a caleb. Because if you have, if an animal falls into a bar, you have to pay for the damage caused to the animal. If there's caleb on that animal and they break, then you're not going to have to pay for those. How do you know that? Why? Look how you should have to pay. But that's why the Torah has to specify it. The Torah If a person falls into a bar and gets breaks, breaks his leg, you don't have to pay for that. Why? According to our logic, you should have to pay. 
Adam, why does after Torah have to say your chai for Adam Amazik? The chai b'vavar dvarim to teach me to pay the tzara, the reaper, the shevus and baishas, which you don't pay by any of the other ones. If you just had Karen and Bar, you would not know by Adam you pay these extra things. Eish, why does have to say by Eish? Because here's a very interesting zersakosov. Lift a bayas atomun. If you light a fire and it burns down your person's field, your next door neighbor's field, you have to pay for all the damage caused to the crops. If he was hiding a bundle of cash in that field and it burned it up, you are potter. That's called tomun. Tomun means it was hidden. Especially because it was a we'll see when we get there, that you potter on damage that, ha- that you cause to hidden things. That's not logical. I wouldn't know that by myself. I need to to specify it. According to says, you are chayef for burning the guy's stuff which is hidden. What is special about Eish? If you burn something that is not meant to be burned, but normally by shame, you eat what's normal to eat. By Karen, he gores another animal, he knocks over a wall, different things we talked about. What's unique by Aish is your chayim, even on something that's eno royalo. Normally, fire burns wood. Okay, but fire could burn a stone. It doesn't really ruin the stone, but it makes it black and stuff and it causes damage to it. Fire is unique to Jechayev even for something not normal for fire to normally burn. So what we're coming at is, is that Almaisa, if you wanted to just know these halacha, just know that Jechayev basically, by these Abravas Ezekiel, you would only need to have Karen and Bar or maybe Bar and Shane and that would be good enough. But, if you want to know all these unique, interesting halachas, that's why the Torah has to go and specify Shane and Aish and Regal to teach me that each one of these has unique halacha, which we'll spend a lot more time on, of course, the Masechta. And that's why it says that everything else in the Mishnah is Yagdal Torah doesn't really affect our logic of knowing these halachas. Okay.